sit back, relax, and let the sissy whisper educate your soul. Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 26 of the Sissy Whisperer. You know, I have to be honest, I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to get this up in time. I have been going crazy with how behind I got through my vacation and catching COVID and all of that. It's like, oh, three weeks of not being able to really do what I need to do probably put me behind about four months. <laughs> Uh, but I think I'm almost caught up and I am extremely happy to be able to get this episode and to get it up to you. Today in this episode, we are going to be talking to one of my favorite sissies, Sissy Kimmy. If you are a sissy of mine and you have been struggling with chastity or have had questions about chastity or anything, you may have heard me mention about a sissy who has locked herself up for a extremely long time. She doesn't have a key holder. She locks her own self up. She's found her own chastity that works for her, and she is a lifestyle sissy. And so today, in celebration of October, in celebration of that beautiful little device that goes around your teeny weeny little itty bitty witty, we're going to be talking to Sissy Kimmy. So it's going to be very exciting. Hopefully this helps some of y'all to understand all the work and dedication that you have to do. Until then, I do have a couple of announcements to say. I want to remind all of you that I'd like to have your itty bitty litty clitty, little clitty humiliated. You could do that on my itty bitty clitty committee.com where I love to put up nice little pictures of you and show off what you lack and even voice my opinion about it while everybody else will come in and see it and voice their opinion about it as well. So that's itty bitty clitty committee.com. You could go and check out more about that. Other than that, I want to remind you that this is my last podcast for this year. I don't do podcasts in November and December because of the holidays. So I will be back in January doing more podcasts and maybe even more interviews. So if you have anything you'd like me to talk about or if you would like to be featured on the Sissy Whisperer, you can go ahead and message me. You can go to my website, AmeliaDivine.com, and message me through there. And we'll see about getting you up and going for next year. So before we get talking, get started talking to my little sissy Kimmy, we have a couple little words from two people I know you love. Be right back. It is risky to be a sissy especially when you need training, guidance, and friendships. Putting on a bonnet and a diaper can get you banned from certain adult sites, and I won't even mention how hardly anyone takes a cross-dresser seriously. Finding a true sissy dom who cares about what you need on your sissy path is rare, almost impossible. Being able to connect with other like-minded sissies is, again, rare and almost impossible. Until now. 
DivineSissyTraining.com is a membership site run by the Sissy Whisperer herself, Miss Amelia Divine. DivineSissyTraining.com offers exclusive audios, videos, and tasks monthly to all members. Not only will you receive training on your level, but you will also be connected with other sissies, ABDLs, and cross-dressers through forums, personal profiles, and more. DivineSissyTraining.com's billing process is non-reoccurring, so you are in charge of making the conscious choice of continuing your Divine Sissy Training. DivineSissyTraining.com Join today for your one-week trial membership. Then, make the choice to commit to your sissy path or remain a lowly little beta bitch. Hello, this is Dr. Sue. You may know me from my popular podcast, In Bed with Dr. Sue, or from reading my articles on thedrsuereview.com. For those of you who don't know me, I'm a fetish psychologist who works with submissive men in couples on a myriad of topics, from submission acceptance to cuckold training. And I'm now on Patreon as well for exclusive interviews, audios, and soon courses. So head to either of my websites, inbedwithdrsue.com or thedrsuereview.com, for links and information about sessions that can help you be a better sub. And we are back. Are y'all excited? We are here with Sissy Kimmy. Sissy Kimmy is one of my favorite sissies. Very, very dedicated sissy. How are you, Sissy Kimmy? Hi, Mr. Pine. I'm doing well. I am so glad to have you on here. And one thing I will say before we get into a few things is that I have, every time I talk to a sissy who is either worried about locking up or worried about giving up the orgasm and all of that, I always use you for an example. You are my example, sissy. Thank you. And it makes them all feel like shit afterwards. It's great. (laughs) So just know that. So... I'm looking forward to a great conversation. Um, My first question to you, though, is just um, tell us just a little bit about yourself, you know, whatever you're comfortable saying, you know, how old you are, how long you've been in this or anything like that. Of course. Uh, Well, I'm 32. I've been participating in kink since I was about 22, 23, uh, but through that life. But I've always uh, been kinky since I can remember, even when I was uh, younger and growing up as a kid. I remember playing games like cops and robbers and feeling very excited when I would get caught and tied up. And uh, yeah, as I went through puberty and first found out about porn, I was immediately drawn to femdom porn, uh, humiliation, uh, small penis humiliation, ball busting and pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you love ball busting. You yes. amaze me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, I really do. Uh, I like the pain aspect, the giving up control, and mm-hmm. I guess the uh, degrading of what is left of masculinity. Mm-hmm. 
Well, you know, you can have a little fun with that, I guess. You go for it. I, I will be there all day long to help you bust those balls. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so have you ever been with a real life dom or has it just been strictly online? Yes, I've served uh, several doms online that I've met through Fat Life. Uh, I met my first dom back in 2014. Uh, I was about 23. She was around the same age. And, you know, that was the first time that I was pegged, dressed up like a sissy, you know, doing some spanking, ball busting. And uh, we're actually still really good friends and we still meet up whenever we're in the same place. And uh, we stay in touch. And since then, I've served several other doms, um, mostly through domestic service, like doing chores, cleaning, uh, running errands, giving massages, oral service, um, of course, all while locked in chastity. Mm -hmm. So was she the first one that kind of pulled you into... I'm being pegged and sissification and all because you mentioned about her dressing you up and all. Well, I had first found out about that stuff on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, everything really starts with the small penis humiliation uh, aspect. And through that, I found out about sissification and chastity back in the old days of Tumblr. The old days make me yeah. feel old. Be nice. <laughs> and, uh, and, you can uh, say the old days of MySpace, but Tumblr, ouch. And uh, that's how that's how I uh, found out about certification and then tried it with her for the first time. Okay. So it looks like your top three kinks are chastity, chastity, certification, short penis humiliation, and along with the SPH, you know, some ball busting and all. But what pulled you into those? What really attracted you to those? It it all started with my small penis. Um, there, I'm Asian, and of course, we all know the stereotype of uh, small Asian penises. And for me, this is true. Um, I only grew to three point seven inches, and that is my maximum length. And so, that's that's when you're erect. Yes, that's when I'm completely hard. Mm-hmm. It's about uh, the size of a chapstick, uh, <laughs> a little longer, a lipstick. Mm-hmm. Um, so growing up, of course, I was very insecure about this. And um, I was the only Asian boy in my class. And as everyone was going through puberty, um, I noticed the other boys getting taller, stronger, they would talk about their penis size uh, in the locker room and how they were around, you know, five, six inches. And at that time, I was barely three inches. Um, and I would go home, I remember, and measure it every day, hoping that it would grow more. Mm-hmm. And I've had a few different humiliating experiences around this in the past, where for one time uh, back my first year of high school, I was in the bathroom with a friend of mine. He was already six foot with six pack abs on the varsity water polo team, blonde hair, blue eyes. Mm -hmm. He was was at the urinal and he was standing pretty far away and I was turned around. He called my name and uh, when I turned around, I saw his uh, huge flaccid penis and I was just shocked at how large it was. 
he asked me if I saw it and I, I lied because I was so embarrassed. And, uh, you know, I was ashamed because even hard, I was smaller than him soft. Mm-hmm. I remember going home that night to measure it and being only 3.4 inches. And yeah, that was one of uh, the first real humiliating experiences. Um, and later on in college. Uh, well, before before we go on into college, I mean, whenever that happened, though, most of the time, you know, whenever somebody feels embarrassment like that, you know, it's embarrassing and it kind of hits home and they don't like it, try to do things to change or anything like that. Did you feel that embarrassment or did you notice that you were getting turned on by that embarrassment? Uh, well, I was very embarrassed at the time. Um, and he was a friend that I had looked up to um, who was very dominant and alpha. And I kind of just followed him around everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. So at the time, I didn't know about the arousal aspect of it. Um, but even other times in high school, you know, I had some humiliating experiences with girls who would tell me they weren't interested um, because they had heard about uh, the small Asian penis stereotype <laughs> and they weren't wrong. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, later in college, I uh, finally was able to kiss a girl and she gave me a hand job and she was a mutual friend. so. We all knew the same people. And then she later told everyone about my tiny penis. And another another male friend of hers confronted me in front of a large group and told me that he heard about my tiny penis. And I just remember becoming flushed in the face and getting red and kind of running away while everyone was giggling. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these real experiences led when i found out about small penis humiliation um it just clicked and so i started watching those videos and even found specific videos about small asian penis humiliation and from there i got deeper into it and found out about cystification and chastity so the stereotypes that's out there about Asians, it doesn't really bother you, does it? Well, for me, I was always embarrassed about it. And when I was younger, I would always be worried. I would always be worried that someone would bring it up or make a joke about it. Mm-hmm. And one of my biggest fears was that for some reason, everyone would have to get naked or something. Um, and it doesn't bother me anymore because it's true for me, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. Well, you know, being my sister, you know how I feel about um, stereotypes and prejudice oh. and all of that. I think you and I even had a conversation about that. But it's it's whenever you have um, those stereotypes out there, really pushing it and pushing it hard. And it's really resonating with you. Do you feel that that's kind of just shown how submissive you are as a person, as a whole? And maybe that was the trigger to help you really understand your submissiveness? Oh, definitely. I've always been very submissive, uh, docile. 
I am a, a pretty small also as a human being. Mm -hmm. I'm not very tall. Um, I'm uh, very slender and was never very athletic uh, and a bit weak. And so I think, yes, that stereotype helped me accept more of my submissive role um, because there was definitely a time in college where I tried to be like that alpha male and never succeeded and only ended up uh, struggling with it more. Mm -hmm. So do you consider yourself now that you've gone through all of that, um, you know, kind of experimenting and learning about yourself and all, do you consider yourself like a 100% lifestyle sissy? And if you do, why? Yes, 100%. Um, even walking around, um, even in boy clothes and vanilla atmospheres, I do not feel like a man. I, feel, I always uh, feel like a sissy. I consider being a sissy my role, my gender, and my sexuality. Um, Interesting. Sissy as a gender. I like that. Well, because I am not a man, but I'm also not trans. I'm not trying to be a woman. I know that somewhere maybe in between or beneath both men and women. And as a sissy, I found my place uh, beneath doms and alphas to be able to serve. Good. And you're happy being able to serve like that, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, my definition of sex is now serving any way I can, um, mm -hmm. whether it's domestic service. I've, you know, cleaned and cooked, done dishes, vacuumed, um, done laundry, given massages, done foot worship, giving oral service, um, and without any uh, sexual satisfaction for myself. You need to get yourself an airplane ticket coming out of Georgia. My house needs cleaning. <laughs> <I'd> be <laughs> I'd be honored. I'd be honored to come for you. You never know. So what do you enjoy the most about being a sissy? I enjoy that I found my true role, um, embracing myself as a sissy without the burden of trying to be a man. Um, I, I mean, of course, I enjoy and love the dressing up aspect. I love clothes, really clothes, lace. I love how that feels against my skin. Mm -hmm. um, and, but I mostly have found peace in it because I feel like myself. So what do you dislike about being a sissy or what would you like to see more of Dom's focus on during sissy training? I feel like even in, uh, even in the King community, Sissies are sometimes looked down upon or not given respect. Um, mm -hmm. And definitely, of course, in the vanilla world, um, a man who acts, or male who acts effeminate or um, cross-dresses is frowned upon. And so because of that, I don't always feel comfortable even going to kink events alone um, as a mm -hmm. sissy because I'm worried about my safety or not being welcomed. And so mm. I feel like that definitely is the hardest part of being a sissy, um, that I can't really be open, as open about it. And I have to be very careful with who I share it with. 
Yeah, it is scary. I just did the podcast about um, cisification and the trans community, and I I do understand that it's even being in the circles of you know having different doms that are friends and all of that. There's a lot of doms that just don't want to deal with sissies. So it is. I think sissies get a bad rap. I think they really do. Now y'all are needy as hell. This is true. <laughs> Y'all are yeah. very, very neat. So you have to have a lot of patience, but <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. And I think sissies do get a bad rap, and there's not a lot of safety out there for sissies either, especially a small little sissy like you to be there, dressed up and going out. And uh, there aren't many doms like you who are patient and who understand the, our struggle and who we really are and who give us that space to grow and to train us. Well, hopefully it changes some ideas. Hopefully this interview can help a lot of sissies that are coming up and having to deal with a lot of things that you are. So well, it gonna get changed one way or the other. I'll mm -hmm. force everybody to believe what I believe. <laughs> <laughs> now, here's a question that um, I like to ask someone who is experienced as a sissy. And I like for this answer to be put out there. Because a lot of sissies that are new and coming up in this, they really don't understand about being abstinent. So do you believe that all sissies should be caged or um, become abstinent? Oh, 100%. When I first started being a sissy, I uh, wasn't caged. I didn't know much about chastity. And so I would go through the normal cycles of shame that a sissy goes through of you know falling deep into sissy space and then trying to ignore that part of myself and mm -hmm. trying to you know be the be a man you know and that would kind of put me into a bad headspace or depression and when i really started learning about chastity and abstinence i found out why it's so necessary for a sissy um so for abstinent, I've been abstinent from penetrative sex for about nine and a half years. Hmm. I last had penetrative sex April, 2013. So coming up on a decade. So when you say penetrative sex, is it um, you with a woman or um, does that even include being pegged or anything? Uh, that was just um, with the, vagina with a woman okay uh, does doesn't include pegging okay. um and i think that's really necessary especially if a sissy is serving a female dom mm -hmm. because with abstinence it completely removes sex from the equation it's not even a question it's not on the table so the sissy can focus more on um serving and on the role that a sissy should provide. Do you think and you'll remain abstinent? I've taken a vow of celibacy. Um, so I, I do plan to remain celibate. Of course, if I'm ever collared and owned by a female dom and she wants to use my body, um, she can of course use my body as she pleases. Mm -hmm. Well, good but, for you. But um, yes, and chastity of course is very important because sissies will end up you know rubbing their clitties too much 
Um, <laughs> that post-nut clarity kicks in. Exactly, exactly. And so after that, you know, some sissies, they, they perch and they get rid of all their sissy clothes and then they have to go through the cycle of buying it again. Mm-hmm. Um, and fortunately for me, I've, I've never perched, um, but I've, of course, gone through those cycles of after um, squirting, uh, thinking, oh, you know, what am I doing? Why am I wearing this? What am I looking at? Um, but over the last few years, I've really come to accept myself. And a sissy will get to the point, but it will take years where even after um, an orgasm, they won't have that shame anymore. Mm-hmm. But getting there takes a long time. Yes, yeah, so I've got a few sissies who have been doing this a long time, and they don't um, lock for various reasons because not I don't not all sissies can lock, and it's understandable. If you've got a wife, you've got um, children, you've got a job, you have a life that you do have to live. So not all sissies can lock up, but. Right. A lot of the sissies who have adopted this, at least as most of their lifestyle, are able to, you know, have that orgasm, or at least they have um, brought it down to where they only have an orgasm whenever they're having um, intercourse with their wife or their girlfriends. And they don't have that guilt anymore. It's like they've been able to compartmentalize it. So it there is a way to basically be, I guess for lack of, lack of better term, abstinent without being abstinent. Does that make sense? Yes, yes. I I think that makes sense to me, uh, or I understand it. I mean, mm-hmm. I've I found this early on in my life, and I uh, was able to find my sissy self. Mm-hmm. So. Um, before you know getting married or uh, having a family so i've i mean i've never even had a girlfriend i've never been in a vanilla relationship so for me this is my entire sexual identity mm-hmm. um so being abstinent and being caged 24 7 is um a core part of my life okay well it's locktober as you know yes so let's talk a little bit about your chastity. Let's um, let's tell the world what you got going on here, because I, like I said, I use you as an example. Because I'm very <laughs> proud that you're able to do this. Well, you you don't. If I if I had a nickel for every time I have a sissy saying I can't lock myself up and stay locked up, I would be I'd be fucking rich. I'd be done, and y'all have to find another dom, and I'd be out there in Tahiti somewhere. <laughs> Because it's constantly the excuse, I can't do it. I'm just not strong enough. I have to do the da-da-da-da-da. It doesn't make sense. So are you caged right now? Yes, yes, of course. And how long have you been caged? Currently, this lockup started June 12th, so um, just over four months. And did you cage yourself, or were you caged by a dom and you just kept going with it? Uh, right now, I'm caged. I, I hold my keys. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, um, I just keep going with it because I am happier when I'm in chastity. Um, mm-hmm. I've actually been in chastity for most of the time since COVID started. Mm-hmm. Um, my longest lockup during that time was 15 months. Wow. 
Um, Y'all hear that? Since he's 15 months of a self lock. So I don't, don't give me that excuse bullshit anymore. I, during that time, the 15 month time, I think to just, just to clean and to shave, I uh, unlocked about four times, but mm -hmm. was, you know, by less than five minutes and then put it back on. So how do you resist the urge? Because you must have the urge to at least, you know, unlock, rub one out a bit, you know, something. How do you resist that urge? Um, I don't know. Maybe I've been doing it so long. I don't have that urge anymore. And when um, you did have that urge, what did you do? I would just try to persevere and just, you know, be, tell myself, okay, you can do this one more day. You can do it one more day, one more hour. Um, this is your role. This is where you're meant to be. You're happier caged, you know, without an orgasm. And so I just kind of be patient and be persistent and do my best not to unlock. Mm -hmm. And so you'll get to a point like where I'm at now, where it's easier to stay caged. Of course, um, there are times of where it is excruciating, where um, those sissy hormones and that horniness uh, mm -hmm. kind of overcomes you and you know, maybe you'll rub your little clitty through the cage a little bit and, you know, or, uh, you know, do some anal play and, and just kind of try to calm down. Mm -hmm. So what kind of cage is it that you have? If you don't mind me asking. I, um, I have a steel cage, a small, very, very small stainless steel cage. Mm -hmm. The design of the cage, um, has bars that are relatively open so that I can clean it pretty thoroughly in the shower without taking it off. Mm -hmm. um, and, and now was this made for you? Have you had a hard time finding a cage that works for you because you are extremely small? Um, no, it wasn't made for me. There are a few very small cages out there. Um, and yes, you're right. I, I had to find one that was very, very small. So the cage length itself is under two inches um and so it keeps me nice and snug and um, it's pretty pretty comfortable when uh, i am soft mm. did it take you a while to find a good cage i got lucky actually um i was able i just ordered one of the smallest cages i could find and it, it worked out good so have you had a sissigasm or tried to give yourself one I have, um, they're hard to come by, but uh, it does take anal play, uh, takes persistence and practice, mm -hmm. uh, making sure you get the right spot. Um, and I found I usually need to be pretty full uh, to have a sissigasm, uh, mm -hmm. probably at least at least a month of without an orgasm. Mm -hmm. um, I have wet dreams more often in chastity than, than sissigasms. <laughs> that's that's almost got to be um it's almost a slight annoyance to have those wet dreams more often now yeah i mean they don't happen too often but probably uh depending on how long i you know go, go without uh at least probably once a month or so mm -hmm. 
what is the next step in your sissy or chastity journey? Where do you see yourself? We'll do one of those like major interviews. Where do you see yourself in five years? Um, when I have uh, more privacy, I would like to be dressed up every day. Mm -hmm. um, all, whenever I'm alone and at home. And uh, also I, along with my sissy journey, I have been training myself uh, in cock worship through uh, sissy hip hypno videos, cock worship mantras. I know we've done some together and uh, mm -hmm. of yeah, course- You're starting I, to write your own, I love that. Yes, I've been starting to write my own uh, and I repeat them, recite them daily out loud. I think uh, reciting them daily out loud is mm -hmm. uh, very important. And um, so I'm finally mentally ready. And so I want to become a true sissy faggot. And I want to serve a dominant alpha male mm -hmm. and, and suck his cock. So, I mean, in five years or so, I, my dream scenario as a sissy would be to serve a dominant couple, both the man and the woman. Mm -hmm. And you're putting yourself or kind of starting to put yourself out there for that right now, or are you just kind of waiting to see how things go? Well, I've had more luck with uh, female doms. Um, it's been tougher for me to find a, a, a male and pretty hard to come by a couple. So mm -hmm. I am putting myself out there, you know, talking to people on FetLife, um, but there's nothing quite on the horizon at the moment. Well, I will send thoughts and prayers because I want you to be with a couple. I think you would be great as like Thank a little you. sissy to keep around in an apartment, just have you cleaning and cooking and serving. And I think you'd be great to have. Yep. Like I said, you're, you're a sissy that I am very proud of. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so on that, that would be fun. So on that, so on that note, like I said, there's a lot of sissies that are coming into this. And, you know, I've always separated um, my sissies into two categories. You either have the fetish sissy, which is perfectly fine to be a fetish sissy. You know, the ones that want to enjoy it for an hour or a couple of days, and then they put it on the shelf and don't worry about it until the urge reaches them again. Or you have the lifestyle sissies like you who have accepted who they are, love who they are, and are trying to improve who they are. So knowing that there's going to be a lot of sissies that are new to this, listening to the podcast, what kind of advice as a seasoned sissy do you have to give them on their sissy journey or on their chastity journey or anything like that? Yes, of course. Uh, well, I would say to be patient. Don't be ashamed in yourself and who you are. Um, you know, do your research and keep at it. Uh, you know, learn, talk to other sissies, ask questions, find a good dom, you know, find a good dom who's understanding, who can help train you, but also, you know, be a friend who, who really truly understands what, it, what a sissy is and what a sissy go, goes through. And I would just say to, yeah, remain patient and persistent and keep going rather than giving up. Because if you've started looking into becoming a sissy or 
think you're into it, you 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 probably are. It's going to keep coming back up um, because I don't think sissies are made. Um, they're born. Mm-hmm. It is hard to deny yourself your truth. And if you, the longer you do, the harder it will get over time and the more you'll feel burdened. Mm. Speaking some truth there, taking us to church. <laughs> well, I can't thank you enough. I'm really glad that you were able to do this interview and I think it's going to help a lot of my sissies, you know, they'll listen to it a couple of times and then realize that, oh shit, she wasn't lying. This is the one that's actually cages himself. I'm an idiot. (laughs) But who knows? I really think that you would help. It's really good to hear from a seasoned sissy to be able to have those questions answered and all of that. And I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you enjoyed that interview. Sissy Kimmy is great. She has a wonderful little sissy voice and hearing her do her mantra, she goes into such a trance. It is wonderful and so good to be able to speak to somebody who has taken everything that they've learned through their fetish. Basically, they've just taken what they love and have embraced it, no matter what anybody thinks. They love being a sissy. They understand it. They've learned about it. They've taught themselves. And they are just embracing it, no matter what the world says. And hopefully, you've got a little bit of details, some ideas to use. Maybe you found out you're not the only one out there with feelings like this. Either way, I hope it helped you learn, hope it helps you grow, and until next time, or until next year, have a great holiday. I hope everyone is safe, stays well, and mwah, toodles.